Broadcasting live from the North Fulton Business Radio X studio, it's time for To Your Health with Dr. Jim Morrow. To Your Health is brought to you by Morrow Family Medicine, an award-winning primary care practice, which brings the care back to health care. Oh, thank you very much. This is Dr. Jim Morrow with Morrow Family Medicine. We are here in the North Fulton Business Radio X studio in Renaissance Bank on Windward Parkway in Alpharetta, Georgia. I'm here today with my partner in crime, John Ray. A brand new year, John, 2020. How you seeing it over there? Um, tw- 2020 is a pretty good year to see it well, right? Happy New Year. <laughs> Are you tired of all the 2020? How do you see, <laughs> see things? <laughs> Jokes. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, I should have expected that from you. Yeah, you should have. Yeah. At least I didn't say this is Barbara Walters and this yeah. is 2020. Well, that's true. I didn't, I, did, I, didn't, I didn't see that coming. Yeah, I get you. I see what you did there. Yeah. So we're very excited that you're listening to us today. This is, a, this is a new year for us. It's our second year now doing these podcasts, and we're enjoying them. And the, the uh, li- uh, listenership has been fantastic, and the reception has been wonderful, and we appreciate that very much. A lot of that from patients at North Fulton Family Medicine. At Morrow Family Medicine, excuse me, that's my whole practice. A lot of these at Morrow Family Medicine, and some of them just listening in the area and across the country. So we're very glad that you're here. Uh, I am here with John. He's producing the show. He's running the board. He's going to screen emails and tweets. If you have comments or questions for the end of the show, please send them to us. You can do that at drgym at toyourhealth.md, or you can tweet us at toyourhealthmd. Either one of those works. So today we're going to be talking about chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, that's COPD. And a lot of people never heard of COPD, but most people have heard of emphysema, which is one of the main forms of COPD. COPD is a disease that basically makes it hard for you to breathe. When you see people out and about and they have oxygen tanks and their oxygen cannulas on them and so forth, most of these people have got some form of COPD. Now, there, there are two main types of COPD. There's chronic bronchitis and there's emphysema, and those are the two primary ones are the ones we're going to talk about today. Now, chronic bronchitis happens when there's an increase of swelling and mucus in the airways, in the bronchial tubes, the tubes that carry air to and from your lungs themselves. This swelling makes the airways narrow, so it's kind of like breathing through a straw. It makes it hard to push air through the system. It's very difficult to get air in and out. And then emphysema happens when the walls of the air sacs themselves inside the lungs are damaged, and this traps air in the lungs, and it makes you feel very short of breath. And if you've ever had an occasion to truly be short of breath, it's a very frightening feeling. It's a feeling I wouldn't wish on anybody, and it's a a very bothersome feeling. Now, COPD happens very slowly, and it gets worse over time, and when it's severe— even moderately severe, it can really inhibit your ability to do normal everyday activities of daily living, your basic tasks through the day, like housework or just walking, washing and dressing. It just it, You got to breathe to do anything. And if it's hard to breathe, it's hard to do these things. So the symptoms of COPD in general, you can have a wide variety of symptoms, but basically most people have a cough, a long lasting, very chronic cough. It might be a cough that produces some mucus, so it might be a junky-sounding cough, a rattly-sounding kind of cough, and it makes most everybody short of breath, especially when you're doing any physical activity. 
you frequently have a tight feeling in your chest, and this can be confused with or or thought to be uh, a chest pain or a cardiac event. And it's difficult to take a really deep breath. You very rarely get a real refreshing uh, in-and-out breath when you have COPD. The symptoms start very indolently, I guess is the best way to say it, very slowly, and then they start to, to show us some symptoms and then they get worse over time. And because of that, people who are developing COPD are not really aware of it early on a lot of times, which can definitely be a problem. They do get worse over the years. COPD in general is a condition that gets worse over time. The natural history of it is that it just progresses, and it especially does if it's not diagnosed and treated early. The delay in diagnosis and treatment can then lead to complications like pneumonia and a variety of other problems with the lungs that just make it even harder then to breathe. Some of the other complications you can have, though, you can end up with an irregular heartbeat, you can end up with heart failure, high blood pressure, and certainly anybody that has these things is a is sub- subject to recurrent infections. That's not an uncommon thing at all. And then the problem with the infections, other than just the fact that they're there themselves, is that they can further damage the lungs, and then it just cascades from there. So what causes COPD? Well, the, the COPD is caused by damage to your lungs, and that damage can occur from breathing in a variety of unhealthy substances over time. You can get COPD from air pollution and smog, from breathing chemical fumes, gases, different mists and vapors, dust even. But the primary thing that causes COPD is cigarette smoke, tobacco smoke, including secondhand smoke. Uh, I believe it was last time, John, we were talking about childhood asthma, and I referred to growing up in a Ford Falcon with both all four windows rolled up and both parents smoking like smokestacks. I remember that. Plenty of secondhand smoke there. And there, but for the grace of God, I don't have COPD at this point in my life. But that's a very good way to get that. But the primary thing is smoking. The majority of COPD cases are caused by people smoking. you're at, at a much higher risk of developing COPD, COPD if you smoke or you're around people that do with great regularity. Your risk also goes up if you have long-term exposure to things that irritate your lungs other than smoke, and I mentioned some of those. And It brings to mind being in chemistry class in high school. Actually, I think it was junior high school, Northwood Junior High School, Greenville, South Carolina. The prettiest girl in the class was Peggy Olin. And I finally got her to marry me seven years ago. But in that chemistry class, the chemistry teacher had a bottle of ammonia, a great big gallon bottle of ammonia. And she took the top off the bottle and started walking around the room. And it wasn't but 30 seconds. You could smell that ammonia throughout the entire room. And she puts the top back on. And they'd throw you in jail if you did that today, probably. But it, it gives you an idea of what sort of noxious chemical that kind of thing can be. Now, nobody's going to breathe ammonia long-term or even short-term if they can avoid it because it's horrible. But anything like that can damage your lungs. And, and people take this for granted. They take their lungs for granted like they do so many things that work well. And if you're not careful, built-up exposure over time to things like this and anything else that's sort of noxious can give you a major problem that you really do not want. 
Some people have a genetic condition. We were talking earlier before we came on the air about what can cause COPD other than smoke. And some people have a genetic condition that can make you have COPD, even if they've never been exposed to any irritants at all. And it's been interesting over the years. I don't have any science to back this up, but I've always found that the people who had the worst COPD were the little, very lightweight women. And even men, if they're not a not a heavy guy, but but women, hundred pounds, five feet tall, hundred pounds, if they get COPD, they can have the absolute worst COPD. And it brings to mind my mother, who was very small at the end of her life, and she smoked like smokestack. And Lord knows she had everybody else's share and hers of COPD. So, how do you know if you have this? You might have a a chronic cough, and it could be from anything from just cough itself to sinus drainage to acid reflux. But if you do have a cough or ongoing symptoms, you need to be seen by a physician. One of the problems is, though, that the community, the medical community, doesn't have guidelines for when to screen someone who's asymptomatic for COPD. And if you don't go to the doctor and complain of a problem, that might be related to COPD, then they're not going to have guidelines to tell them when to screen you or whether or not to screen you. And the first thing you think might be, and I would understand it, well, the heck with a guideline, just screen people. And that'd be great, except the problem is insurance companies use these guidelines to determine whether or not they're going to pay for what's done at the office. And if you do something outside the guidelines, they're going to make you have some great reason to do it. If you don't have it, it's going to cost the patient money, and that's never good. So we don't have screening guidelines for asymptomatic patients. But if you are showing symptoms, your doctor's going to want to do some exam. He's going to want to listen to you, obviously. One of the things that happens when you have COPD is you don't have as much air movement at the bottom of your lungs, when the doctor listens to your chest, he'll listen to the top and the bottom and the front. And when you listen at the back on the bottom especially, if you've got any significant COPD, the amount of air that's moved down there is decreased. And so because it's decreased, that might lead you to say, okay, this is a finding that can allow me to do this other test, which is called a spirometry, a pulmonary function test. And if you've ever seen that test done, it's it's not the most fun test to do. I'll tell you that straight up. It's a lot like breathing through a toilet paper tube as hard and fast as you can. There's no resistance. It's a matter of seeing how much air you can move in a short period of time, basically in one second. So you breathe into this tube, and a computer measures the amount of air that's moving and compares it to what they would expect you to be able to move based on your height and weight. If you don't move as much air as they would expect you to be able to move, then that's an indicator that you might have COPD. And you can, with other tests in that same realm, you can determine what type and how much and how severe and so forth. So it's a very important test. Now, for younger patients uh, who are generally testing for asthma, it's a little bit more difficult. But for adults, and if you have COPD, you're going to be an adult, then it's not that difficult to do that test and to get some answers really right on the spot and to make some determination as to what medications you might need, what other referral you might need, do you need x-rays or other imaging, and so forth. So that's how the diagnosis is made of COPD, whether it's chronic bronchitis or emphysema. Now, can you prevent COPD? Well, I'd, I'd love to tell you we could prevent it in all cases, but in most cases, COPD is an avoidable disease. It's not something you have to get. The best way to prevent COPD is don't smoke. 
period. And you have to throw vaping in with smoking in this conversation. You can't think, oh, I'm vaping, so I'm not smoking, because if you do, you're lying to yourself. And I refer you back to the podcast on vaping, which was the third or fourth one we did. If you're vaping, you're smoking. You're just not getting cigarette smoke in your system. But all the other 60 chemicals that are in that vapor, I can promise you are not good. And I will bet you everything I have, ever will have, or ever hope to have, that one day someone will be doing a podcast talking about COPD being caused by vaping. Because the research is still out. We haven't gotten those answers yet, but I firmly believe that anytime you put that amount of vapor into your lungs, it's going to cause damage, and damage causes COPD. So don't smoke, don't vape, don't hang around those that do all the time, and avoid noxious chemicals and exposures as much as you can. The secondhand smoke is a a very big deal, and, and dust is a big deal too, which is a little bit more avoidable in most cases except possibly the workplace. I suppose if you're in a workplace that has a lot of dust exposure, that's not good, but you could probably call the OSHA people and get rich by blowing the whistle on whoever it is that's allowing that because these days it's not like it was back in the day of the, the weave room that was full of dust from cotton and people getting that in their lungs and developing that kind of problem from the cotton dust. I want to take a second and talk about Mara Family Medicine. Uh, This is a practice that was opened in 2011. We have locations in Cumming and Milton, Georgia, and we've been incredibly blessed by our patients who have chosen to let us take care of them. We have been voted best of Forsyth every time they've ever given out the award, and they're doing that again at the end of this month, and we're excited about what that might bring us. We've won the best of North Fulton every time that it's been given out since we opened in North Fulton. We've won another award or two multiple times. And and the reason we win these awards is because people appreciate what we're doing. And the main thing we're doing is we're trying to bring care back to health care. Because for a lot of years and for a very long time, it had just gotten out of hand and frankly still is in a lot of locations where people just don't seem to care about you. And I'm happy to say that I fully believe that every person that walks in the door at Mara Family Medicine feels cared about. And if they don't, my email address is out there. It's on my business card. Pick one up in the office. Send me an email and tell me why you didn't feel that way, and I can do something about it. So that's Mara Family Medicine. And if you're enjoying the podcast, I would ask you on whatever app you might be listening on to hit the subscribe button and maybe even give us a review. We'd love to have that, and we appreciate everyone who's listening. So now I want to talk about treating COPD. If you are at risk of COPD, if you've been exposed to smoke and other noxious things that I've been talking about that you realize now might bring the diagnosis of COPD into your life, an early diagnosis is everything. Death from COPD is preventable with early diagnosis and treatment. And that's an, that's an important thing to know. It's not a death sentence. It's important that you find it early and you stop doing what caused it and you start doing things to make your lungs be healthier. So there are numerous things that are involved in treatment, and the first one is lifestyle changes. If you're smoking, stop. If you're doing e-cigarettes or vaping, stop. Don't do things like that that can bother you. Don't smoke anything. It's not just the tobacco, it's not just the nicotine, it's not just the tar, it's the heat, 
it's the vapor, it's the irritation, it's all of these things. So stop doing things that are clearly not healthy for your lungs. Your doctor might prescribe medications to help ease the symptoms and to help you to breathe better. And sometimes these, these medicines are antibiotics if you have an infection, but more often they're either bronchodilators or medicines to reduce inflammation and mucus production. So bronchodilators work to relax the muscles around the airway so the airway is larger. Steroids work to control inflammation so that you don't have so much inflammation. Inflammation makes the lining of the airway swell. And if you think about that, if the lining of the airway swells, the airway itself is smaller. And then there are also medications that can help to not produce so much mucus, which plugs up the airways and causes more of a problem. So these are some of the types of medicines that might be used. And most of these are inhaled medications. They involve a small handheld canister. Almost everybody's seen somebody puffing on an inhaler at some point or another. And it's important to use these things as directed. Some of them you can use anytime you want to, and some of them you have to use on a certain schedule. But you want to do it the way your doctor advises you to do it. There's a thing called a spacer that you might need. And if you're not very good, if you're an adult and you're not very good at using the inhaler, then you can use a spacer and you just pump the medicine into the spacer. Then you can kind of breathe at will. You don't have to time pumping and breathing and so forth. Some people find that difficult. Children frequently use a spacer because it's very difficult for them to do this. And then there's a nebulizer that you can use. This is a machine that's much like a humidifier that you put medication in, and it nebulizes the medicine or atomizes the medication so that you can breathe it. And that's an easy way to get the medicine down deeper into your lungs. It's much easier to to get the medicine all the way down to the bottom of your lungs if you use a nebulizer because basically it's like smoking a peace pipe. You sit there, the machine's running, you have a little thing that you just have in your mouth and you're just taking long, slow, deep breaths and it just helps you to get that medicine all the way in. And this is In most cases, I'm willing to say this is much more effective than a a regular inhaler. The nebulizer medicines can be any of these that we've talked about and except steroids. You don't typically give steroids in a nebulizer. And it's common for people who have more serious COPD to end up needing a, a nebulizer. Now, these people also have handheld inhalers what's usually referred to as a rescue inhaler, so that if you're out and about and you need the medication, you have it in your hand or in your pocket, and you can use it anytime you need it. Another thing that's important in treating COPD is getting the vaccines that you need. For crying out loud, you need a flu shot, and we're sitting here right in the middle of a terrible flu season in the state of Georgia in 2020. It's been horrible for several weeks and going to be horrible for several weeks. And if you get the flu, you get a lot more mucus production. You get a lot more irritation in the bronchial tubes. It's a great way to end up with pneumonia. But certainly you can make emphysema and chronic bronchitis that much worse if you get the flu. And another thing is the pneumonia vaccines. There are a couple of pneumonia vaccines that are out there that anyone who has any sort of lung issue should have. I have to say the pneumonia vaccine kind of drives me crazy because it's not a pneumonia vaccine. It's a vaccine that presents infection by a particular type of bacteria, and that bacteria is called a pneumococcal bacteria. And so it causes pneumonia, 
but it also causes skin infections and skin structure infections and a variety of other infections. And trust me, it's a bacteria you do not want. But the vaccine does not prevent pneumonia because you can get that vaccine. You can still get the other thousand types of pneumonia, but you're not going to get pneumococcal pneumonia, which I promise you, you do not want. So it's a very important vaccine to get. And there are two of those. You get those a year apart and you're set. You don't have to worry about them anymore. But if you don't get these vaccines, then there's a great possibility that you could end up with one of these infections that could really set you back. Another part of treatment for this is oxygen therapy. I mentioned you see people pulling oxygen canisters or having them on their shoulder and walking around with them, and that's one way. And people also have oxygen concentrators in their home that will generate a higher level of oxygen for them to have at home so they don't have to worry with the canister and so forth. But using oxygen is very important because it gives you a higher level of oxygen that you're breathing in. Most people don't realize that oxygen in the air is 21, I mean, the the air we breathe is 21% oxygen. It's not all oxygen. It's 21% oxygen, and you can use an oxygen tank and put cannula in your nose or use a mask and get a much higher concentration of oxygen, which will make you feel as if you were in a casino in Las Vegas where they're pumping oxygen into the room, which really does happen. And then there's pulmonary rehab. You might hear people that have heart disease talk about going to cardiac rehab, and that's a very popular thing and has been for a long time. But pulmonary rehab is a combination of therapies to help you manage your disease and improve your quality of life. And it's kind of like cardiac rehab. It's a matter of exercise and breathing strategies and diet and so forth, learning about how important it is to be incredibly well hydrated, which is very, very important in a condition like this. So those are the main things that we use as doctors to try to treat people who have chronic bronchitis and emphysema. And then you have to think about, well, how's this going to affect my everyday life? You know, what am I going to do every day that can help me avoid problems and keep this from getting worse? And the first thing you need to realize is that COPD is something that once you have it, it's there. It's a lifelong condition. It's not an illness you cure. It's a condition you have to control. But there are things you can do to help you manage these symptoms. I think it's important to talk to your doctor about having an action plan, a plan about what do I do if, because I can promise you that when you start feeling worse, it's going to be at a time when the doctor's office is closed. Now, there's almost certainly going to be a physician available on call, but if you start having trouble, you need to know what to do right then. And I think it's important for people that have COPD to have a basically a rescue pack which would be a pack of steroids and some doses of antibiotics so that it's on Saturday afternoon or evening they decide that this cough has gotten worse and they're starting to feel kind of short of breath or feverish, they have some medication they can start taking right then to try to get ahead of this thing because once it starts getting really bad, it's very easy for this to snowball downhill and you can end up in the hospital or worse and it's really a a bad situation. It's important to play an active role in managing these symptoms yourself because I can promise you no one can do this for you. If you have COPD, you want to avoid the things that irritate your lungs like I talked about. You want to get ongoing medical care. It's easier for your doctor to see you regularly and listen to you regularly and do a spirometry regularly and see how you're doing than it is for you to just show up when you finally get sick and expect him to make you better by the weekend. Because everybody wants to be better by the weekend. My usual response to that is, well, you should have gotten sick sooner. But if you're having trouble, you want to be seen 
as soon as you can. And if you're not having trouble, you still want to be seen regularly to try to keep this from being a big problem. Make lifestyle changes. You know, if you have a dusty home, take care of that. If you have allergens in the home, do what you can to take care of that. Do things more slowly. It's not a race. So if you have to do some chores, don't be in a hurry. Do them, but do them slowly. Find simple ways to do things like cooking and cleaning and, and do what you can to to do that at the beginning of the day so you have a little bit more energy than you do late in the day. Wear clothes and shoes that are easy to take off and put on. And that sounds simple, but it's, it's something that a lot of people don't think about. But if you'll think about most people, most people are a little bit overweight. They bend over to put the shoes on. They're cutting off their ability to get in air. If you already have a decreased ability to get air in, you can end up with a major problem. And even if you don't end up with a major problem, you can feel terrible for a bit. And ask for help. If there's someone you can ask for help, do that instead of trying to do everything yourself. And then prepare for emergencies. Talk to your doctor about what symptoms mean you have an emergency. Talk to them about what you should do if you have to go to the emergency room, where you should go if you need to go to the emergency room. Keep phone numbers around. Keep them on hand for your doctor, the hospital, a specialist if you've seen them, and someone who can help you get medical care. Tell someone if you're having trouble. I've said it many times on these podcasts. Don't ever say the five most dangerous words in the English language. Maybe it will go away. You just don't want to do that. You don't want to be waiting around and seeing if this is going to get worse because the odds are real good it's going to. And another thing is get some emotional support, whether it's family or friends or a therapist even, because if you're, if you're having trouble breathing, you're going to get anxious. If you already have some anxiety, it's just going to make that worse. But if you can, talk to somebody about how you're feeling. Talk to a counselor. Join a support group. Talk to your family. Don't be afraid to tell other people how you're feeling both physically and mentally. And remember that early diagnosis leads to better treatment and better outcomes. The longer you let COPD go untreated, the worse you're going to feel. And if it's serious, it can make it very difficult to be physically active at all. And you can end up with a long life of not just shortness of breath, but just misery. And it's an unnecessary thing. And I, so I would encourage anybody to try to follow these, these ideas more than anything else, stop smoking. Stop smoking today. See your doctor. Get some help. There's medicine that can help you. See your doctor about stopping smoking. John, that's what I got on COPD. I'm really curious about something. I hope it's related to COPD. Well, it is. I mean, you were very descriptive about what smoking a peace pipe is like. and if, if, Is that something you've done? or No. <laughs> No, actually, I haven't. Oh, okay. I would have to defer to my bride. Oh, <laughs> well, that. I mean, that was a very descriptive, uh, uh, you know. Well, I've seen people sitting in the office in the exam room doing these nebulizers, and it's exactly what it looks like. It looks mm -hmm. like they're smoking a peace pipe. And I'm an old guy, so I've seen Indians on American Indians, Native Americans. Right, on, on Western, TV John show. Ford Western. Thank Westerns. you very much. Okay, yeah. Thanks for getting me out of that. Yep. And that's what they look like. Gotcha. Okay. I, I would just, the visual of you smoking a peace pipe came to mind, and I just couldn't resist that. But anyway. Well, next time we're going to have a visual on my new producer. 
Okay, that's right. Okay, next time on To Your Health, folks. That's right. Uh, so I do actually have a serious question. What's that? So um, obviously COPD, emphysema, there's nothing seasonal about – seasonal uh, impacts – that would cause this, right? I mean, you didn't describe any of that. Well, it's not a hundred percent true. I mean, if you think about it, people get more respiratory infections in the wintertime. Yeah. That's why I'm asking. And if you get respiratory infections, that just goes along with what I did say, which is infections can make you have more trouble. Mm -hmm. But something I didn't say is that cold air is Mm -hmm. a problem Yeah, because cold air causes bronchospasm. And if you get bronchospasm, then that's narrowing of the bronchial tubes and that's harder to breathe no matter who you are. So if you already have trouble breathing, that's a good point. Yeah. Um, so on an unrelated topic, how's that keto diet going for you? Great. I mean, it's the beginning of the year, right? It you, is. You, you, you went on a new diet. I did. I'm being totally facetious folks. It wasn't a keto. <laughs> I didn't go on keto. No, I mean, I'm, 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 I'm for those folks that went on the keto diet. I'm pointing them to our episode on that oh. episode six. I thought you were bragging about my forty pounds a week. Well, loss. I'm gonna I'm gonna get to that right okay, because well, I think we're gonna do that in an, in another episode. I think right. I think so. Yeah. 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 But uh, no, we're at the beginning of the year. Right. A lot of New Year's resolutions. True. A lot. Of, most of them involve dieting. Absolutely. And some of them involve the keto diet. They will. And you've got some very. Uh, straightforward words about the keto diet back in episode six. So folks, check that out. I do. I do. And I stand by that. Yeah. I okay. Stand by that. Okay. So that's, I was just giving you a hard time because I knew you were on the keto diet, but you have been on a diet and that's been very successful. In fact, if you turn sideways, I can b- barely see you anymore. Look like a zipper donor. Yeah. <laughs> so you look awesome. So you're going to talk about that at some point, right? I am. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm going to talk about it. Well, we're putting a teaser out there, folks. <laughs> Keep listening. We appreciate everyone. Hit the subscribe button on your app. And next time, look out for To Your Health.